Yo, what up guys? Welcome to Faded Town, the number one Pokemon podcast in the world. These are facts. He might not agree, but they're facts. Look that shit up in a book. Um, <laughs> Pokestats and shit, you guys know the spill. Um, before I jump into this, got a couple announcements. Um, I posted on Facebook a while back that I was thinking about doing two episodes a week. It's happening. We will now be posting on Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, our Wednesday episode will be more um, meta discussion with like uh, pop culture, like a normal podcast. I got two new co-hosts with me. You'll see on Wednesday. I'm not gonna blur that out yet, but um, and I also teamed up with. PTCGO stocks. Basically, their their site's not up yet, but they're really active on Twitter. Um, they give you if you ever trying to get shit off PTCGO, you don't know how much to put your cards up for packs, or you don't know how many packs to pay for the card. They they have everything's on Twitter right now, but they basically have every card that you would want and how much it's worth and it changes and they're, they update it all the time so definitely go follow them on twitter i'll have the link down below <clears throat> but that's not why we're here today today we got a really special guest um basically the fucking mastermind behind the whole fucking team that revolutionized last year like and i, I would say revolutionized pokemon to be honest this team has really Turn the, the competitive scene into a powerhouse that it is now. Um, we got Danny Ostevicha? No. Ostevicha. Yeah, it's something. Then, I, I, we went over it and then yeah. I fucked it up. But yeah, dude, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me. Nah, dude, thank you for coming on. Um, how, how's your night going? Good. I uh, have not. We used to do a podcast. Yeah, no. I don't know if you ever. You, I've, yeah. I've, I've been in there a lot. Yeah, and we yeah. haven't done it in. Gosh, it's been about seven months. We did like a hundred and sixty oh. weeks in a row, and then. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into all that later. I'm sure. Right. But, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, I have not worn this headset in a very long time. And it kind of feels like right? or no? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, a little it's better. Better. hurt already. We'll it's been see. like thirty seconds. We'll see. Um, so how did this all start for you? Like, did you, were you playing Pokemon and then decided to start bending or what, what, um, how did this all go? Oh my God. What's, what's this whole backstory? Let's hit this. So for DDG as a whole, like I was always into Pokemon, but never had anybody around me that was into Pokemon. And then I stumbled across like Verbank one day when I was just like, Oh, I pulled out my old cards I was getting married and I was like, Oh, I'm going to try and sell these. And then I ended up like joining Verbank and like kind of getting into the the business side of things more when it comes to Pokemon cards seeing what things sell, sold for I had no idea what anything was anymore like we were talking like Max Potion was big and N was big like this mm -hmm. is right before Phantom Forces probably came out um, I started getting interested in a little bit so I was like oh I'm gonna start buying stuff on eBay and then just selling it like I'm gonna buy these big ass lots and just break them apart and start selling them on eBay or selling them wherever and I was able to make a little extra money doing that and then um, ended up buying, like saving up extra money to buy a house. And then I was like, oh, this is cool. Like maybe I could turn this into kind of a business thing. And um, I met Dan Garman, who's my only co-owner who's left right now. Um, <laughs> so I met Dan Garman at Madison Regionals. Um, gosh, three and a half years ago now. Okay. And he was like, hey, we got to start this. We got to start this business. Um, and I was like, I don't know about that because I've had some shady people that I've worked with in the past and I was like, I don't know if I really want to get into it with other people, but Dan seemed nice enough and he's, I mean, he's a loyal dude. So we kind of started it and just kind of ballooned from there into, I mean, what you see as DDG now, we formed a really good relationship with Jimmy Ballard. Um, and I was basically lucky enough to kind of like live in his shadow for a while. Um, and anything that he did, we were, you know, invited to come along mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of helped us out a lot too. And then obviously growing the brand as we went, trying a lot of different things, but yeah, that's kind of how it all began. Darren kind of came into the picture 
um, early on in the beginning just as like our social media advisor and then we we're like hey why don't you just join us like we'll we'll do this will be the, the tripod like we'll make this happen the three of us yeah, and they both packed up their bags moved from North Dakota out here uh, and then as things grew faster than we thought they were we kind of just kept adding more and more burners onto the stove and brought Aaron uh, from Trainer TV in and he moved out here um, to kind of try and tackle everything um, and we definitely bit off more than we could handle um, but that's kind of where it all was at, at its heyday. Right. Like, I think um, the first time I seen you guys, it was Worlds 2014. and Or not 2014, it was two years ago, 2017. And it was like, you you, you guys were just a, just a store, you know? And then we get into the 2018 season, and you've that infamous tweet you tweeted out, which was like, DDG's going to be a household name. You know, or not, not a household name. We're going to win a championship, a regional, and then an international, and this, and like... And world, yeah. Yeah, and those fucking... Everyone was just like, "Yeah, fucking right," you know. Like, who? Yeah, I got a lot of hate for that tweet right away. A lot of hate. I think I even tweeted on it. I was like, (laughs) I said some dumb shit, (laughs) you know. But if you look, I mean, it was so hard to deny. Like when, when, like you guys decided to start sponsoring players, right? Was it? Like, you just try to get the best one? Or was Caleb really that player that was with you? And and you just went, Caleb, who do you want on your team? Or how did that all go down? Yeah, we put a lot. I mean, okay, so I put a lot of thought into the whole team idea because I loved the idea of teams in Pokemon, even though it never really came to fruition. And I have a whole lot of thoughts when it comes to teams. Um, mm-hmm. But when it first started, like, we were we were really casual um, and we were kind of probably the last remaining OG team. Uh, like it was us, like CCG Castle had a dominant team when we first, you know, were breaking into the scene. Um, ARG had their team, obviously, which was, they were trying to figure things out too. Um, but we didn't really know how teams were going to work because a lot of people were like, oh, I want to be paid for travel. I want to be paid for entry fees. Like it just doesn't make sense to Correct. do that. Like it makes no sense because that's just, that it's expensive, yes. right? And that's... Like, we are selling cardboard. The margins on cardboard is not that great. So if I'm buying cards at 70 cents, let's say I find a card like ADP. Okay, ADP sells for, what, 10 bucks, let's say, Mm -hmm. which is close to what it sells for. If I'm buying that at $7, like, that gives me $3. You know how many ADPs I have to sell minus tax, minus shipping, minus all this other stuff to pay for just your entry fee to a tournament? That's a lot of ADPs. Like, that's a lot of cards. Like, we're not talking about selling Lamborghinis where your profit margin is going to be thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. We're talking about cardboard. So the idea of trying to figure out something that worked, and it clearly wasn't working for any team. Um, So Caleb, luckily, was with me from the beginning because Caleb is close to me in proximity, and we've always gotten along really well. So Caleb lives about 45 minutes away from me. Uh, So we're like, hey... Um, I want to be. I want to start a team. I want to start a team where it's like you, and then we'll figure out the rest from there. So Caleb and I were talking all the time, um, and the OG team for us was like Cody Graham and a bunch of people from North Dakota, and then uh, Ryan Grant, who was a really, really good player in his heyday, kind of stopped playing, um, doesn't play nearly as much now, and then Caleb, and Caleb led the charge, you know, to kind of get our brand out there, and the idea was. We'll just get people to play wearing our stuff. We'll give them a free mat. We'll give them a free shirt. You know, maybe we'll give them some discounts on cards, and that'll be that. And that was probably good. That was probably the right way to go into it mm-hmm. with the way that the Pokemon community is. It's just not big enough. Um, but <laughs> teams kept vamping up. So then CCG Castle split apart because Ben was probably like, hey, I can't afford to pay all these big-name players all this money. So CCG Castle, you know, it ended. And then Carta Magica formed, and then Carta Magica became this big powerhouse because it had like the four top players in the world. And we're like, okay, well, who can? What can we do, Caleb? Now, let's start really getting good players on our team. Let's see what we can do. We wanted to form like this league, really take teams to a new level, and try and bring this e esports feel in. Like Russ had just started someone's PC. Yeah. Um, so we were going out there and we were like, okay, but they have to have a good name. They can't be, you know, we don't want people who are accused of cheating. We, it, they've got to have like this, 
a clean record, okay? Uh, so we brought in um, Chris Yakala and we had Frank Persick and we had Jimmy Taylor and we had like some pretty good name players who were like, hey, let's do this. And we tried this pro-am approach. Well, I mean, that didn't really work either. So then we we're like, okay, let's just go all in. We'll just crush everybody, fine, whatever. So then I was like, I remember having a conference call one night with with Caleb and then Pendy came along and Danny Altavilla came along and Azul came along. And this was at the beginning of 2018. So I know that this is, I know we're going to have like this, this team that's just going to kick ass. Right. So I'm like tweeting this out and I'm like, yep, we're going to, Team DDG is going to be the face of Pokemon. We're going to win multiple regionals. Right. We're going to win at least one internet and we're going to win worlds. And we hadn't, this is the year after Tord won like three mm-hmm. internets. And after we had lost worlds two years in a row, like nothing going really great for us. Um, and yeah, I got a lot of hate for it and that was fine. But then I remember the first regional that we had that year was first and second place. It was out in the, the yeah, Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb yeah. versus Rukan in the mm-hmm. final. And I mean, Rukan ended up flopping hardcore in the final just because right. the nerves got to him, but both of them were team DDG. So it didn't yeah. matter who yeah. won. Um, and then we had, I mean, for a period of time, we had Zach on our team. Yeah. Um, he played in the finals once at Collinsville against Danny. Uh, so we had both of them. I think we won like seven, eight, it, that, nine it, events in a row. Like, yeah, it was. It, was, and it got to a point where everyone was just like, let's hope DGZ loses. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, that's what it was. It was like we had built something so well. And then watching Twitch, it was tough for me to be like, I am so tired of DDG where we like became almost a villain because people started hating this hashtag DDG win. And it's like, okay, well, what do you want me to do here? Like we, we form this ultimate team. You don't like, you want us to lose then form a team that beats us. And I remember talking to limitless and we were like, Hey, let's figure out a way to make this league work. And just nothing was going. Cause I mean, there's only so many players that go to every event. There's only so many players that exist that can go all over the world. That's like, it's such a hard thing. Because, like, you don't get the matchups like to to really build these players to 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 the where you want them. Like, you guys th- like I'm I watched a lot of your guys' podcasts and stuff, and you made a lot of posts about wanting to go esports, and you brought in uh, Aaron, and you guys. Uh, there was a lot of talk, and I'm like, I just don't like. From the outside, I'm looking. I'm like, I just don't see it. I'm like, they're they, they're either seeing something that I don't see, or it's just not going to happen. I don't know. Um, and then, like, when we were looking at your team, we're like, because like, if you look at your alumni, you have like 35 players here. Mm-hmm. So it got to the point that became one of like the running jokes. Like everyone's on. They win because they have everybody. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, I was like, it doesn't matter. They got ninety-seven players, and then eventually, like, it started making. It's like, okay, we're gonna. You went down to like your core four, and everyone knew who those four players were, and you were, they were dominant, and like Jimmy won three in a row, and like, you really got to see when you take like a a group of players that really like each other, like. Four or five, and I think I don't think I've had a podcast where I don't reference DDG when it comes to like an outline of how a team should have been built from the beginning because that you really took six players that really liked each other and worked together and they won and like mm-hmm. no one no one had that like there's a lot of great players but they all just hopped around and. Like, oh, here's what deck you got, blah, blah, blah. Then you had DGG go, all right, we're all going to work together. We're all going to play this deck. And look, result after result after result after result. And now if you look at today's today's game, um, sponsorship's pretty much out the fucking window. Because, like, it doesn't make sense. And we all, we all started to realize that it just doesn't make sense. Um, you got your ARGs, they're gone. Everyone's pretty much gone. Um, but that outline of what DDG did is there. Like now you have all these players coming together and forming these teams that just don't have sponsorships behind them, which I think is a hundred, like there isn't one person I won't say that it's because of what you guys did. You know? Yeah. I think a lot of like sponsorships are 
what make it work right now. Like I know Azul just signed with Card Cavern. Yeah, he did. Um, like it, like TC Evolutions. The way that they do, they do things makes sense. Like if you're gonna give, hey, I'll give you dice. I'll give you a coupon code. Um, we'll give you a little bit off of, you know, let's say you can get a stipend or something like that, something small for every pack that you sell using right. using your promo code, whatever the case may be. But going all in and doing something like, I mean, I know what ARG's pay, payout structure is. I know what, I have a very, very strong idea, meaning I do know what Full Grip pays out right, right now. Um, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's asinine to an extent, and I know that you know, I might get, criticized for saying that and if it works for you great but ultimately like it is not easy to do that because what mm -hmm. are you expecting in return so i love the players that were on ddg because they are a close-knit group and it made sense because they stayed together all the time because they are part of the same testing group so when right. you had like we had a little bit of um a snafu every once in a while when somebody who wasn't in that testing group was like hey what are we playing for this event i don't know what to play and it's like um well we can't tell you that because this is our testing group yeah, and it's yeah. like I don't I didn't want to break that up but like Azul and um, Danny and Caleb, you know, and Pendy, they were all part of the same testing group. And Isaiah, like mm -hmm. those five were all in the same part of the test, like the same testing group. So they knew what they were going to play together at an event. But if somebody was on the team who didn't know that, like they would get upset or offended. And I mean, they had every right to be yeah. upset or offended. But that's just we talked going into this team like this is how the layout's going to be like this is you are here to advertise our brand you are not here to be this big testing group together if you want to talk strategy by all means go ahead but ultimately your goal is to grow us and our grow our goal is to grow you okay. and that kind of like take and take all the time worked very well for ddg to the point where the only reason ddg ended was because you know i dan and i had to end it like it just we had to end it because it didn't make fiscal sense anymore. I, I I really like that you said like it was laid out on the table. There wasn't like you didn't pick up these players and go, oh, welcome to this amazing team. You went, no, they are a testing group. That's what they do. You're here. We're gonna. This is what we're gonna do for you. If you if they want to talk, and it is what it is. But you just need to understand that this isn't. A fucking testing group, you know, and mm -hmm. I think um, speaking to some players that were um, on DGG before, I think that was a big issue, and I, I, I love that you were you brought that up because it's like um, there wasn't there wasn't that that clear line. People didn't realize like that something like that was said because if if going into a team, because everyone thinks teams all work together, you know. And like that's what I've always said. I was like, like I've talked to Raul and stuff, and he'd be like, uh, "I'm on the ARG, but I test with Xander." And I'm mm -hmm. like, "Well, Xander's your teammate, and like John Ang is just some other person that's sponsored by the same person. He's not your teammate." And like we've had this whole argument, but that's kind of what happened. Is with you guys, you had those six players that are they, that was their team over there. And they were sponsored by the same people with some other people, and I, I don't think I don't think that was so clear. Like when when you guys did get the criticism, or or that those six players got the criticism of being so not friendly with the other players on the team, it, it wasn't clear that like something like that was said, where you guys were like, "This is how the the lay of the land is, boys." Yeah, and I mean, we we talked about going into it like we had we tried different things. Like at one point in time, the the team had a, a YouTube channel of their own mm -hmm. um, that we we're gonna you know try and feed to through um, the DDG as like a parent company, trying to grow that brand. Uh, we tried to offer like launch. We even paid for like a coaching website, which never I think officially got off the ground, but it, I think it still exists. But, like having our players coach, and you could go to deadjawgaming.com, you could check out. Um, this coaching session from Zach or from Isaiah or from Caleb, and it would be rates that would be there. Um, we had the idea once of the the team coming up with different decks that they thought were super competitive, um, and we would sell that deck online on our website and be like, okay, you want DDG's Malamar list from this weekend? Like, It's crazy to me that I can watch Melbourne and I can still see, oh, Team DDG is playing, Mal right. is playing Malamar this weekend. Well, Team DDG isn't a thing anymore. 
but that yes. testing group is playing Malamar this weekend. Um, but that deck would be available, you know, this weekend to purchase on deaddrawgaming.com. If it's bought, like, you get a cut off that. Like, we tried so many different things to make sure that the team got taken care of, and I think that's something that mattered to them. It wasn't, hey, if you win, we'll give you $1,000. If you make day two, we'll give you $300. If you right. get on stream, I'll give you $20 for every time you get on stream. Like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff adds up. And there oh, was yeah. one point I remember, like, I was getting so frustrated with some of the stuff that was talked by other teams that I offered, like, a bounty. I was like, hey, I will give you guys $25 every time you beat a member of this team. <laughs> That's what's up. Like, all you have to do is, like, it was just different things like that that right. I tried to do to try and, like, make the team right. happy. I think, like, because, like, I kind of, we, me and Chum, we kind of did the same thing. We We picked up Pablo and we picked up... Sam, and I mean, to be quite frank, I, I, as as far as I've, from who I've talked to and everything, I don't I don't think there's been a contract better than what Pablo got. I mean, he basically got half of all his flights paid for the whole season, and like Sam got any card he ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I remember like getting yeah. Chum would send me a list of you know pre-orders mm-hmm. from the new set, and it'd be like that send this me. send this all to Sam, and I'd be like, holy cow, okay, yep, we that's fun. a lot. We've spent at least four hundred dollars every like two months on Sam, uh, mm-hmm. on just cards, and and like, and for obviously for Chum it doesn't matter. Like none of it matter. He just wanted to do it. He just wanted to mm-hmm. do it. So when it came to when it was over and it was the year was up, the contracts up. We actually had contracts and shit signed. So, like, it 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 it, it was like it was kind of serious, you know. But it came. It was year. He's like, all right, let's re up. I actually had to, to tell him, like, dude, what did we get? Out of, what did you get out of this? If you look back, what what got out of this? And like, and what um. I actually threw in on on the Sam part too, so he didn't pay for all the Sam's card. I I paid for almost half of those too, and uh, I was like, dude, we got nothing. And like at that point, I think Pablo was the biggest streamer by far. I don't think anyone else even streamed. Like no one else streamed. Pablo was the only streamer, and and like that was the biggest ticket goal to me when when he asked me who we should. Sponsor, I, I straight up said, well, the only person that can give you anything right now is Pablo. He's he's the biggest streamer, and he puts out almost a video every day. Mm-hmm. And, and no one else does that. It's not even close. And then being so new to what it, a sponsored player was, we, we just threw out these numbers. Boom. And obviously, Pablo agreed right away. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. I'll take that. And as time went, we got more, I got more into the community. I I talked to more people and everything. And I'm like, wow, we, uh, we, uh, highballed pretty high here. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter because Chubb, this is what Chubb wanted to do. And, but when it came to re-upping, I was like, you have to, there's no, we can't do this. Like, we got, we spent, you spent a ton of money and got nothing. Like, sure, most people know what Sacker Scoop is, but at the end of the day, they don't know Sacker Scoop because of Pablo. They know Sacker Scoop because of Chumbly. Mm-hmm. And, like, even today, when I put videos out on this channel that have no Chumbly or nothing in the comments, we'll be like, hi, Chumbly, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, you, like, you did, you did, like, you do more. You look so different. Yeah. I was like, Chum did more marketing by just being himself than anyone else could ever. And, and we weren't a store. We didn't plan on being a store. I was like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And, and like, I think that's how a lot of teams end up have, or going to is at the end of the day, like, yeah, all these teams falling apart. I mean, not even falling apart, just moving on, basically. It's like... Why? Why did, like, what, what What? can you get out of someone? And to be honest, the game is just too small. You can't, there's nothing to gain. Yeah, I think your mindset <clears throat> makes a lot of sense, lines up a lot with, uh, like, Jim from ARG. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jim has, you know, he was throwing so much money into his Argent Saga, like his yeah. card game. 
Um, and he's he's so ARG is just so big in in yeah. every community um, that spending money on Pokemon as far as a team aspect goes didn't matter. He wanted he wanted that representation. He wanted that team. So losing money wasn't that big of a deal. But I mean, if you look at all the teams that have come and gone, and I don't know if Limitless has all of them on there. Like Limitless makes sense because it's not really a store. It's not really a sponsor no. team. It's just a group of guys. Exactly. But you had like no limit. You had a. Te- I remember when Madison had team stages. You know, and it was yep. it was no limit. You had ARG. You had CCG Castle. You had Card of Magicka. You had mm-hmm. uh, like now there's Full Grip, but there's always. I mean, there's been different versions of Full Grip. Whether it start off with Mahone and Natalie or, or whatever it is now, um, but yeah. then you had. I mean, there were other ones Six too prizes, that were, um, yeah, all over the place, yeah. and it was just nobody knew exactly what to do. Like Pro Play Games had a big team, yeah. like they were one of the bigger ones at one point in time, but nobody knew what to do. And honestly, like DDG, we we had no idea, and we did not pay well at all. Like I can be right. upfront with you okay. completely. Like, like in my head, I, I like I knew a hundred percent. I was like, "There's thirty people on this team. Mm-hmm. You're." You're a card store. I'm like, there's no way that there, you can't. There, like, it was no, just, you couldn't afford you that. You couldn't afford that. I was like, there's no way. I was like, I. That's why. That's what like in my head made DDG even more like good because I was like, those six players that are doing well, they're not there for the money. They're there because they're there to win, and and they're there because. Whatever Danny is telling them, they believe in. Like whatever is happening, whoever's talking to them, there's something in that area that is there's belief in that, and they went on it. And uh, I mean, they dominated. Yeah, our contracts were also very loose, which I think helped a lot. Like you have some players who are like, "Hey, I want to play on this mat," or you know, "This is the shirt that I wear." Like I didn't have any requirements right. at all. Like, if you didn't want to, like, you could have been on Team DDG and nobody could have known you were on Team DDG, DDG unless I said something about it right. or unless, like, we said something about it. For the most part, we never ran into an issue with that. Like, for the most part, like, the guys just wanted to wear their shirts at events or, you know, wanted to play on the mat. And there, there would be days where they didn't. But for the most part, you know, they, they did a good job of that. Um, advertising was kind of hit or miss here and there. But, again, I even said to them during – you know, during our, our call, I was like, you guys, like, to be honest with you, having you, like, people already know who DDG is. Having you on the team is not going to drive any sales to the website. Like, it right. just doesn't do it. It doesn't drive traffic to the website. It's not like, oh, I'm watching Azul play this list this weekend. I want to get all 60 of those cards. Let me go to deadjawgaming.com and buy all 60 of those cards. Right. Like, for the most part, if you really want to do that, you're going to go to TCG Player because you know all 60 cards are going to be in stock. You're not going to go to a website hoping that all 60 cards are going to be in stock. Yeah. And you want to go to TCG Player because you're probably going to be able to find better pricing than, you know, a website that has all these extra costs attached to it. Right. Like TCG Player, you have all these people who are battling for, price, for for the sale. Like, you know, that's what makes TCG Player so successful is that you have all these companies and all these individuals who are coming in just trying to get a sale. So if they've got a bulk card at home to them, you know, that they could turn around and sell for three cents to a buyer or four cents to a buyer, or they can put it on TCG Player and sell it for a dollar. Like, they're going to try and sell it for a dollar, even if the market is a dollar fifty for that card. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They're not paying taxes on $500 worth of sales a year. Right. Like, they're just getting that money. So it just – it doesn't make – like, when we were – there was no contract really that lined up with, with Team DDG. Like a lot of players played just because they wanted to be a part of something bigger. They wanted yeah. to be a part of a team. Um, and a lot of the bigger name players, like a lot of it, like you said, was the vision. A lot of stuff that we sat down and we would talk all the time. Um, we would, I mean, I remember chatting with them from the get-go and, like I said, trying to figure out different ideas to keep them happy and try different things. And and when Team DDG came to an end, like a lot of it was, I like honestly, I think everybody would have kept going on for indefinite periods of time because of how great of a group of guys that was like i love at the end it was danny like isaiah was still technically he's not playing as much but he's still a part of team ddg right. so danny and him and caleb and azul um and grant came on board um yeah and it just like they still would have kept going and they all had individual deals like it wasn't like what a lot of other teams are like i remember having personal discussions with each one of them and saying hey what is going to help you out Okay. So every single person had an individual agreement, and that's kind of what we went with. And a lot of it, like, I mean, there wasn't a contract. It was just trust. That's what's up. I think um, at this was like, I think that was the best way to go about it, to be honest. And, and like, the, 
the atmosphere. Like, it had to... The hate was... had to be horrible. Like, I don't know. How did you feel about that? Sometimes it was really tough to deal with, to be honest with you. And I know, like, near the end... Um, like I know when I tweeted out that, that team DDG was coming to an end, there was like, like Rahul came out and said, Hey, you know, I hated seeing DDG win because of this, because it set the bar so high. Like, but some of it was just completely uncalled for. And I know a lot of it was associated with like cheating and things like that. But honestly, like the DDG win concept and like Dead Gaming as a brand, like none of that has to do with what you're talking about. Like everything that we were doing was advertising towards, you know, our brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of hate that came into things, whether it be because, you know, you didn't like how somebody acted towards you one day, or maybe they beat a, beat a friend and you thought it was a little bit of shady or Danny's patented end baiting that everybody still holds against him, even though it happened years and years ago. Okay. Um, like people change and right. to hate a team or a group of individuals because of winning because of what you wanted as a community like the community yearned for something like this they wanted an esports league there's everybody who's just whining and complaining about hey pokemon needs to grow pokemon needs teams like this is what you wanted like build your own team that's just as good and challenge us like that's what i want to happen so to come out of the woodwork and be like hey we hate team ddg like that's asinine to me like you're not making any sense you wanted this and now you're pissed off because it's happening right and i think what what you talk about now is like people coming together making teams to compete i think that's happening now and it's like as much as you're not a pirate but does that well i got another question does that does that bother you at all that no matter what no matter what it doesn't matter it could be 10 years from now those six players are dead drunk gaming like, it doesn't matter. I think it's going to... Okay, Does so, that bother I mean, you? It's like they stole your fucking company name. It doesn't no, matter. No, and I think that's that's part of the thing, too. Like, it might bother them more than it bothers me. Like, yeah. Dead Draw Gaming was supposed to grow the team. And I think what ended up happening was the team became Dead Draw Gaming. Yes. Like, I think a lot of people, casual people, like, once you get to Worlds and things like that and internets where there's thousands upon thousands of people watching the stream rather than, you know, 800 or 700 that you might have at regional... People, more casual people are seeing DDG win and seeing Team DDG, and they're like, yeah. oh, this is like Limitless. This is just a team. Right. Like, and they're not understanding that there's a company that's sponsoring these people or that there's a website attached to it, you know, that there's content creators behind this. Like, they don't get that. So, I mean, it doesn't bother me at all because that, like, I, I was one of the ones who built DDG. So, no matter where DDG ends up going, if DDG ends up, pat, like, moving away altogether and isn't a thing anymore, um, at least the name will always kind of have, you know, some kind of life to it because it's it's on different websites, it's it's known. Yeah. Right? The same way CCG Castle will will always have the idea of, okay, there was, you know, these four dominant players on CCG Castle, uh, and then one amazing content creator back when Pokemon really hit its growth stage, back when, you know, evolutions yeah. had just come out. So I think the the fact that DDG was able to do that and this team was able to accomplish that, like I think they hold that in very high regard also like i'm sure i'm i mean i remember azul turned me down first when i wanted to bring him on ddg like we sat down and it was like pendy came on board like we already had caleb we already had isaiah danny was on pro plug games and approached us because he wanted to join ddg because he saw what was happening azul was on carta magica and was like no i'm just done with teams altogether like i appreciate everything but then he started doing bad at events and ddg kept winning and I said, Azul, I remember talking to him at Memphis and saying, Azul, the reason you're doing so bad is because you turned me down. <laughs> like, if you would actually have accepted my offer, you could be winning events. Right. And I know, like, he knew I was joking at the time, but eventually he, he's like, okay, yeah, I, like, this is something I want to be a part of. And, like, even now, like, that year that we had was just so unbelievable. Like, where you had Caleb winning three event, mm-hmm. three regionals that year and Penny winning, like you said, three in a row. Like, these guys haven't won since mm-hmm. then. Like, Pendy hasn't won since then. No. And I know that that hasn't, he hasn't changed at all. But just the luck that you have had, you have to have. Like, there's a lot of skill in the game, right. but there's got to be luck that's involved to be a group of six guys who are just winning everything all the time. Making the best meta call they can every yes. week. And like, like, it was insane. It wasn't even like they were winning. It was like you had, like, Three or three or four people in the top 
eight every every tournament. Yeah, and like I think you just you guys were just at they were your 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 outline. You're ahead of the curve, you guys, and like I think the big reason they're not winning right now is because you have these people like uh, Justin Bacardi and the Lab, where where they have like Will Jenkins and like five other people and Kenny Britton and all of them. They all just came together, just like DG, and now they're doing well. And then you have Cutter Tap that got together, and they're they're working with like Team Gas, and they're coming up with these crazy decks. But they're mm-hmm. all working together, and it it's like it's re- really became like an outline of, oh, this is how you be success- successful at this game, because DG that uh, I don't I don't remember I like thinking back a more dominant force. It was like. A but it was basically everyone else versus DG and DG was running them over. Like it did not matter. What, like as much as anyone wanted them to lose, it didn't matter because they were just ahead of everyone. And like no one, everyone didn't try to come together and win. They were like, no, no, we just beat them. Like we'll, I'll test with this <laughs> one guy. And like we'll just we we'll beat them. They're not that good. And then. Eventually, everyone's like, you know what? Fucking, they were right. <coughs> yeah, and a lot of times, I mean, it was, well, what is DG going to play? Well, a lot of times it was, we're assuming it's going to be Zorark. And then in that event, for some reason, like last year when um, Isaiah won Oceana, like they played Zapdos Jirachi. Yeah. And then everybody thought coming to Collinsville, they were going to play Zapdos Jirachi. Well, the majority of the team was on Lycanroc Zorark, except for um, Zach, who was on Blacephalon, yeah. which ended up being... You know, Zach versus Danny in the finals, and Zach won with Blacephalon. So it was just like every week was something different. And when I think when Pendy won uh, Canada, when he won Toronto, it was Night March that he won with. It was like it was just tough to catch that meta that they were. They were were always one headed. I call every weekend. And like their 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 decks that they played were like like the one they played where Pendy won in Portland. Um, it was like Zark Control. It was that deck was so shitty. If you <laughs> didn't know what you were doing, like the I think cups after that, after that fucking tournament, cups after that were so easy because these people try to pick up that deck and win, and like you couldn't win unless you knew what. Like you had to know everything about that deck, and like it took those six great players. To, to come up and know exactly what they had to do in each matchup to win. Like, even good players. Like, I go to cups with, like, California people with, like, Kenny Britton and um, fucking uh, Keon and all them. And I remember after that, Kenny had that deck. And he's like, oh, three. He's like, this deck is trash. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I love that. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people, like, the way that the game has revolutionized now and a lot of people don't understand is, like, every card matters in your deck, like, mm-hmm. to the to the 60th card. And that's why, like, Hunter Butler right now is so successful. It's because yes. these people are figuring out, hey, I can play a variant, but every card that I'm playing has to matter. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember going down to Collinsville last year to play, and I remember not, I, I don't play the game anymore. Like, I just right. I never have time to play it. But Caleb was like, yeah, I'll send you the list that we're going to play. Like, you can play this list. And I remember waiting for the list up until the night before. And I was like, hey, are you going to give me a list? Like, it's the night before. He's like, well, we don't know what it is yet. I remember driving down there. <laughs> and he sent me the list at 6 a.m. He's like, okay, this is finally finalized. Like, first he sent me a list at 4 a.m. And then it was like they changed seven cards within two hours. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, this is finalized now. And I'm thinking, like, what is the difference? Like, we're adding a fourth Pokecom. Like, it's like these cards aren't could not possibly make that big of a difference. Like, I remember it was... It was a different Zerua than the Zerua <laughs> you're running. And I was like, why does that matter? Like, why is this big? Everything why is matters. this that big of a difference? It's He's so like, funny. well, that's a 10 HP difference. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like, explain right. it. But it mattered. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. that's what they're going through every single weekend. Right. And then now, I don't know. I think, I think when you see all these teams disbanding and stuff and, like, People from the outside, like if you're not in the clicks and you don't see what how thriving the community actually is, from the outside you think everything's falling apart. You're like, mm-hmm. DGG's gone, ARG left, 
Um, if you just go down the list, it's just like who it is, what like it is, right? But like, it's not, it's not, and I, I think I push that so much on this podcast because I have all the top players basically on, and when I talk to them and like yeah, DG always comes up, and they all everyone always agrees that 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 changed the game. It, it, it was it was something that we really needed and like your your vision that you always spoke about and everything i i really hope that you you see that the these players that weren't on your team or they they've really seen what DG did and they 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 pursued what you were really thinking about <clears throat> i hope so i appreciate that a right. lot yeah, I, think, I mean a lot just because the major like the major teams are gone as far as like sponsorships yeah. go doesn't stop the testing groups from being in existence. Mm-hmm. It's just you need to do something like we talked about at the beginning with you know margins being so small. Small you have to figure out you know what's going to make right. the most financial sense for a company. Yeah. And the return on investment from a team is just it's not so there fair. compared to other things that you can yeah. invest money into. Exactly. Like uh, it's been a hot topic on here a lot and. At the end of the day, I really think that the only way teams or, or like, real money is ever going to be made in this game is if Pokemon goes, okay, here, here, we're going to give you this, and, um, yep. And, like, to be honest, I really, in my opinion, for any game to grow, I think um, you have to have a storyline behind players, and you have to get a a audience to really back players like some you have like people watch nba because lebron james is a fucking monster everyone knows who he is you're like boom you might not know anyone else out there but you're like that's lebron james i know he's the best you know there's no there's nothing like that and like i really i try on this platform to like because like i've had like xander perot on here and he top he got like top four at worlds when he was 15 i'm like how how is that not one of the biggest stories ever like how does how does not everyone that plays this game know who xander perot is and i'm like we just don't have that there's not like there's no backing behind pokemon where a story like that went mainstream like and i think that's what has to happen to really grow this game yeah, and that's, a, I mean, that's, you're hitting on, like, one of my huge, huge hot buttons, and that's something that DDG tried to accomplish as a business, you know, as a brand, and that's why we had so many people, like, when we had Darren and Aaron and Dan and myself, like, four owners who were, like, trying to take it to the next level, trying to take an entire brand, mm-hmm. you know, not just the DDG brand, but the, the Pokemon brand altogether, like, we didn't want just to open up a storefront, we wanted to open up an experience, like, we wanted this to be an escape for everybody and this to be something special that you couldn't get anywhere else. And it's just, okay, the only reason way we're going to be able to do that because a card shop isn't going to bring you residual income and cover the rest of your life, cover your future and bring yeah. in this experience for everybody. you like, we're talking about Disney world. We're talking about like Legoland. We're talking about all, all these huge things that are experiences for people. Like we're talking about this from Pokemon, something that yeah. Pokemon doesn't do. And bringing that to a community that's much, much smaller. And then it's just, it just didn't, it was just too much for four people to handle. And then when life gets in the way and people start dropping off, like Aaron went back and then eventually Darren went back. And now it's the point where it's just me and Dan, but we still have all these other, all these things. And it's like, it can't keep up anymore. Like, Like, that's what makes things so difficult. That's where we're at right now, where it's like, I don't know if DDG can continue because of this. Like, because there's just too much on the plate. Like, it was supposed to start out as a card store. But then when you had articles into it, and coaching into it, and a team. And, like, we got into streaming at one point in time, where we formed, DDG formed a company with Top Cut called Mm -hmm. Legendary Gaming Network, where we streamed, you know, half the regionals. And then we streamed at the beginning of this year, and we had a quality stream. Probably the best stream that was out there. And it's like all this direction for four people to go, oh, and by the way, these four people all have full-time jobs. They all have families that they have to take care of. So you add all that into the picture, and it's like, well, shit, now where are we? Now everybody's like, well, why isn't your website updated? Well, I'm sorry, but there's only 24 hours in a day, and I'm working 25 right now. So, 
how am I going to? Yeah, it's it's difficult. And and because of that, sometimes it's just it got too big. Got to start over. Right. I, I agree. And that's what we're struggling I with think, right now. I think like your aspirations were like out the window. Like I remember when you guys were gonna do the first stream for for the regionals and like i watched a podcast and it was just like we're gonna have this 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 <laughs> we're gonna have we this is the, gonna be the greatest stream ever i'm like dude i was hyped i was like all right like i agree with everything they're saying i think this is how you make the stream better blah 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 i get to the stream and i'm like it's the same shit and i'm like Obviously, obviously, like, I, 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 like, it, that type of, the, the type of shit that had to happen for something like that to, to go down is, is like, you have to have a team, like, and you have to have, like, fucking crazy money, and it was like, mm-hmm. like, I even had Sierra Don on, on the podcast, and I brought that up, I was like, you remember that, like, I know you got hyped because you were the, the producer of it, and then, it was supposed to have this, this. She's like, it was. We planned all that, and then it just didn't work. We didn't yeah, have enough hands. Yeah, happened the way we wanted it to be. Exactly. I remember the first stream we had, like, flying Purple Cliff out, um, or Jack flying himself yeah. out, and just being nice enough and being like, okay, well, at least we've got Purple Cliff running production, and then working with Sierra all the time and being like, hey, can you run production this year? And her signing up and agreeing to five events, and it was like trying to manage the card store, but also, like, running into the stream issues that weekend it was insane like yeah, i was anybody who came up to the booth probably looked at me and was like stress just overloaded them to the point where they didn't want to talk to me at <laughs> all and they i was probably wearing it on my face like crazy like you've got dan over here being all like laughy and like having this great time whatever and they're probably like oh dan and then they look at me and i'm like oh back the fuck off i don't have the car fully in different directions all the time and then, like, Jimmy's coming up to me. Hey, what's going on with this? I'm like, um, shit, I have no idea right now. I'll figure it out, though. Like, at the end of the day, was was that whole streaming thing profitable? No. No. That's what no, I'm... not at all. It was no. literally, no. And that's, I mean, streaming is, is very much not profitable, especially from a, a, a new company. Like, if you have a partner channel, um, you've been streaming for a while, and you bring that partner tra- channel into a stream, like, there might be a little bit of money there. Um, but advertisers are not paying, you know, for 800 mm-hmm. to 1,000 people. They're not paying for 1,000 no. pairs of eyeballs on the screen. Like, they don't care about that. And you can get a little bit of money here and there. Um, but really, the best way to do it would be, like, we had at one point, one weekend, we were like, okay, we want to pitch out to all the content creators. Throw us $100. We'll give you a commercial. Um, we'll let that commercial play in between rounds. Like, that's the only way you're going to be able to make your money back. Yeah. Uh, but you're paying for all the equipment. Then you're paying for producers. Then you're paying for casters. Like, you need seven, eight, nine people to run a good stream through the weekend. And those people need cost of living. Like, they need – like, that. they're not playing. They're not going to win any money. Yeah. So the only thing that they're going to get is, like, you can throw them prizes. You can throw them booster boxes. But they're going to need some kind of financial compensation. And when you're talking, you know, even on the low end of, let's say, three, four $400 a person, that's $2,000. you got to find an advertising just to cover that. That's not including equipment. Right. So – And, I mean, like, they're flying that's... out there. Yeah, it's – yeah, the whole thing is, like – it's just at the end of the day, like these to grow the game, like I, I, the only way is Pokemon, and I think Pokemon is finally doing something. But I think they're more aimed for the VGC, which yeah, and I mean they're just doing whatever they want right now. Correct. Like Pokemon, uh, I remember <laughs> hearing when I remember hearing about Pokemon taking over regional streams. Like it was great because I was like, oh, finally there's some people like Chip got finally a chance to yes. be able to cast at a an event for Pokemon. And I was like, finally, like Kirk and Jeff were my guys for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Chip was my guy like once. And finally, like I wanted Kirk and Jeff so badly to get that opportunity because they do such a great job together. Mm-hmm. But it's just like Pokemon just does not care. And as much mm-hmm. as I love the company and I think that there's some really great minds that work that work there, when we post stuff in Verbank and when we post things in Heyfonte when Heyfonte existed, like there's people who are like, they're thinking Pokemon is reading that. Pokemon isn't reading that. Right. Like Kyle's not reading that and taking that back to the company. 
Like these are just complaints that are not warranted. You want like if you want to be the change, like you have to be the change if you want the change to happen. Like you have to like that's why I get so pissed off at like a lot of issues that come up in the community because a lot of it would be solved by people just being good people and stop being assholes. Like it's not that difficult. Wake up one morning and decide you're going to be nice. It's not that hard. Right. So if you want to grow the community, do it. If you don't, go somewhere else. Go play Yu-Gi-Oh or something. Right. Like, don't. There's no room for you here. I think. I think. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort to be negative. You know. And yeah, it takes more effort to be negative 100%. than just to be a good person. Like, most people don't wake up trying to be a fucking asshole. But no. if you, if you, I think the community is much better it, this year than it's ever been. I think um, the hate on DG last year was was a lot for everyone and I, and I think to be honest I think after seeing how successful DGG was and everyone hating on them I mean I, I, just from experiences being at regionals I can tell you the shit that was said was very uncalled for towards those players and and I think most of them uh, I would say 99% of them have definitely manned up and and realized what the shit that they said was wrong and uh the shit dgg was doing was right and um i mean most people don't like the the biggest thing was like dgg was so off on their own and trying to win a tournament where everyone else was trying to just yeah, have what fun. About jerk. yeah exactly 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 and i think everyone just took that as like oh they're not they're they're loners by themselves and we're the cool kids so mm-hmm. we have to say something you know and i think by the end of the year when everything um was said and done people really looked back at that and was like fuck like the shit i said was horrible and um Danny and Caleb and all these people are actually nice people and when you like and what they did was right and we should do something like that and I think even if you like if you look at that um international uh, in Brazil where you had that I don't know if you've seen that photo where Sam Chen pretty much invited everyone like any top player, anyone to this big dinner and there's all these pictures and you see, like, you look at this photo of all these players where last year, you, I, 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 w- I would say these players wouldn't even look at each other. And this year, they're sitting at a table and having a good time. And, and I think it really comes down to, like, people realizing that we're all just trying to win at, at something that we're passionate about and DG had a different approach to it that everyone realized was the right approach. And, um, it's okay to be secretive about your decks. It's okay to go off by yourself and with your testing group and, and come up with a way to win this game and, and not be an outsider. And it's not okay to talk shit about people for doing something like that. And, Um, that's, that's another thing I think, like, DG could really be, um, a praise for. I think you, you guys, as much as, like, the community, um, people like Danny and everyone, um, had bad reps and they've, like, mm-hmm. over the, over, over the last couple of years, Danny has come out and been on a, a tear of, like, saying sorry and, like, I'm I'm different and this and I I think that's helped a lot. But as as a community as a whole, I think everyone seen the whole DDG thing and realized that we can't be like that. We can't be shitty to people. <clears throat> yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that. Like these people, like the people who are on Team DDG, and I'm not saying DDG changed them, and maybe it did, but they were a lot different. You know, a while ago, like Danny will be the first one to admit that he used to be kind of a chump. Yes. You know and and he gradually was changing and growing as he was starting to find himself more and more. And Team DDG, I think, 
when he started winning and getting more like exposure on him. Like Danny's, I remember sitting there talking to Danny about like things that were going on in my life and having conversations with him. And and Caleb used to be this guy who used to be so quiet and had this mm-hmm. like shell around him, and everybody thought he was just kind of stuck up. And I remember talking to Caleb once at at nationals and i was like dude you're the face of a brand now like when people come up to you and say they recognize you from a youtube video like you gotta be you gotta open up right. and i remember caleb like just completely transforming and people coming up to me and saying caleb's so different now like caleb right. is smiling he's talking a lot more and i mean azul's always been azul because he's been in front of a camera but even like right. isaiah used to be super quiet and it's just like I'm sure like winning brings confidence to each other, so that's probably a huge factor in it too. Yeah. But a lot of these players are just like the reason I I grew so close to this team and struggled so much with the departure of it was because these are just a great group of guys, you know, that I got along with so well that, you know, when I went to an event I wouldn't have problems like hanging out with them, going out to eat with them afterwards and like just chilling. Like they were just a good group of guys that I like to get along with and they they have visions and aspirations for the the Pokemon company too for this as a business and like that's what a lot of people don't see because they see them building this secret deck you know and like that's a big deal apparently when they're trying (laughs) to win five thousand dollars and ultimately win a world's title like when you say that now it's so it's funny (laughs) it's hilarious but you like the shit I seen last year like it I mean it, it that it's hilarious actually to think that like it was people thought it was okay to to say shit like that, but like when you're like, oh yeah, they're secretive because they're trying to win money. Obviously, this like, is I mean, this is obviously. ninety ninety percent of them. This is what they do for a exactly. living. If they don't make money, they can't go to the next event. Yeah. Like if they don't day two, like it's tough for them to be able to afford to go to the next event because right. yeah, they may write articles or do coaching or things like that, but they're not going to a nine to five. They can't just mm-hmm. buy a plane ticket. I think a lot of people didn't know that either because like me doing this podcast. I, I found out a lot. Like, a lot of these players, that's all they do. I think mm-hmm. only um, Michael Morton was the first person that I interviewed that that has, like, some type of, like, track record of being a decent player that actually has to ask for time off out of work mm-hmm. at a job. And I'm like, when you, when you, when you, start factoring that shit in you're like okay that this makes so much more sense like yeah and they look at these sponsorships and stuff because they need that little bit of extra help and this is i mean they know they only have a small window of time before it's like out into the real world like a lot of these guys are just either done with college or thinking about going to college like they only have a few years where they can really tackle this hardcore so it's either build a brand like what azul does to try and make this something long term or enjoy this ride that they have for a few years. Like last year, Isaiah, enjoy the ride you have for a year before you have to start going to a Ivy League school yep. and grow up. You know, that's, a, that's a, like when uh, I just had John Ang on, and that's what we talked about. We were like, "What? What? What is this?" And he's like, "Well, Pokemon's not a job for me. Um, I start college next year, and this is this is the year. This is my year." I. I I either I'm all in this year and next year I might go to a couple of events, but and, I mean you could see it like this year he's gone off he's done great. John's such a good around. player. I used to like right? when I, I remember just like having an idea of John in my head, just watching him play and being like, this guy's kind of cocky, he's a little arrogant. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know about John, but then as I got to hear more about him, because I don't think I've ever really talked to him more than like two seconds. But as I started like reading more about him and seeing him interact more with people. I was like, John's kind of a cool dude. Like I actually really like how he represents himself. And yeah, he may have a little bit of swagger to him, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like anybody who knows me knows that I have probably too much swagger to me. So like, that's what, that's what I had. I had him on the podcast last week and we were talking about all that. And I was like, really, when, when I have people on the podcast, I really, uh, this is really just to promote players as individuals, as, as, Someone who can watch this and go next week at OCIC, see you and go, hey, that was John Ang. I, I just listened to an hour podcast about how he became who he is. And now he, I'm watching him and he's top 16 mm-hmm. at OCIC. Like, this is great. Uh, like, I'm cheering for him to win. And he's like, well, that's like, he didn't think of it that way. I'm like, that, that's why I do this. I do this because I these players, they need... These stories, these stories need to be told, and and like a podcast is such a good platform for for stories to be told, you know. 
And when when uh, it comes to DDG, I think that that story is like when it comes to last year and like your whole vision. It's one of the best stories that there is in this game because um, I really think it put a real uh, implant on the game. And um, as it, it, maybe I'll, some players don't want to admit it, but most of the players that I've had on my podcast have always referenced DGG to what what has happened to this game, what we're seeing now. And uh, I think they're really, uh, they might not come up to you and tell you thank you, but um, I, I, I do really think they appreciate the, the stuff you guys did, even, even though you're, aspirations were so high and obviously it it didn't work out to the way you wanted it to and um at the end of the day pokemon's got to back the whole situation for anything to ever happen like that but um what what you guys did was great and um even if dg's gone in the next year or whatever and because of whatever's happening internally with whatever's going on um those those six players, I think at the end of the day, you you're gonna go to a tournament, and even if you go to a tournament and it's been whatever, you're gonna hear what's DGG playing, huh? Mm-hmm. What's DGG playing? And I hope so. You will. I th- that's it. Doesn't matter. Those six players could play on any team, <laughs> anywhere across the fucking nation. It does, they're DGG, and they'll always be DGG. And I think. Um, what you did was great, man. I, I, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. As a player of this game, I, I, I appreciate it a lot. Um, it's really like, now I see that all these teams are popping up. I'm like, for me to get to that next level, I need I need a group of players. I need a group of players that are dedicated. And like, I don't have that right now. Here in Vegas, we got a lot of people that aren't really chasing invites. and um, So... Uh, now I see these players doing so well. I'm like, oh, this, I like, I'm not gonna do well. I'm not, I'm never gonna get to that level unless I have a group of players behind me, and and it all forms back to DGG. Um, before we wrap it all up, um, what what is the what is this end goal? Is is are these aspirations are gonna be continue to be pursued if you can? Um, are you packing the? Are you just? A, are you just a card store? Like, what's going on? What is? What's the end goal here for you now? Um, now that, it, now actually, that the team's kind of over. Yeah, right now I'm not even really sure. Like yeah. we did, um, we did Nashville this year. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go because I had some men, not medical issues that came up like the yeah. week before. It sucked so bad. Uh, so Dan did end up going down, and that was the one event that we streamed this year. Um, and then we were supposed to do Albany. We're not doing Albany anymore, um, which is in a couple months. But, yeah, Dan and I have been working. We still talk on a regular basis. A lot of stuff that we talk about is more, you know, kind of just friendship things. I think neither of us really know what's going to happen with the business. But uh, right now a lot of the stuff is there is a huge financial investment that was made, you know, in general amongst everything. Not the team, but, like, everything that we tried to accomplish to begin with, um, which right now is – kind of the focus for, for us and then the website really has taken a back seat and we're, we've just been focusing on sales on like TCG player and things like that and moving, moving what we still have left. And yeah, it's just, I mean, we're kind of holding on to dear life right now with DDG still being a thing, but I think both of us have separated ourselves from the community a lot recently. And I don't think either of us are going to leave altogether. Um, but I, I honestly don't know. Uh, what the future of DDG is going to be because it's just uh, there's just too much I think that we took on that is I don't think DDG's I don't know if DDG's going to be able to rebound from it Yeah. so to be determined right now at this point I guess that's rough that's unfortunately rough. but I think at the end of the day I think you guys you did something it might not have been exactly what you wanted but I think you guys did something special and um, I, I really hope you kind of see that now, and I don't know. Yeah, no, I appreciate if you, it. If you ever have time, if you go back and you listen to some of the podcasts, um, I think you'll see a lot of these players agree with me, and um, it's really it's really nice to to hear the story 
yeah i think yeah we also wanted to create something bigger and i think mm-hmm. i mean it's nice to hear you know those kinds of things and i'm a huge fan of not wasting time because time is something that you can never get back and i mean that's something that we really are trying to look at right now and make sure that we're investing the time that we have in life in the right avenue uh, because DDG was supposed to be something that you build that's going to have a residual effect to it and it's going to have some kind of huge impact on the community. Uh, and the team green was great, uh, but that had to come to an end. Um, and then well, what's next uh, is kind of the point where we're at right now because a lot of the other stuff like YouTube, we stopped producing content, the podcast, we stopped producing content. Um, so to just be a card store, meh. You're right. It's, it's I mean, tough. you invest two years of your time into becoming so much more than that. So to go back to that is very tough. Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of a lot of things around you are are, are forcing that hand, right? I mean, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I think if you if you could, you would be. You would you would do everything you could to to be bigger than just a store. But, right. But yeah, it is what it is. You know. Yep. Um. I think I think that's all I got for you. Um, you got any uh, shout outs or where people can find you? Obviously, you got to hit up Dead Jaw Gaming. Right yeah, you can go to Dead Jaw Gaming. Uh, look, you know, you can go to the website. There's still stuff on there. Um, I try to keep it somewhat up to date. Um, you can, I mean, you can follow our Twitter and our Facebook page. It's not overly active right now. Uh, you can shop from us on TCG Player. That that stuff's active every day, and we okay. constantly update pricing on that. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter, Danny underscore underscore O, um, or Instagram. I think my name right now is Danny dot Phantom, um, yeah, yeah. um, but then yes, shout out to team DDG still, I uh, still love those guys. I've been cheering. Right. I was really hoping Danny would be able to squeak into top eight this weekend. So close. But yeah. Tough rough matchup. matchup. Yeah. But yeah, Danny and Azul and Grant, um, Isaiah and Caleb, yeah, yep. they all did great this weekend. Yep. And yeah, keep cheering for those guys. All right, guys. I'll always be Team DDG to me. <laughs> right. I used to always have that up there, <laughs> but now I had some. Now I have Cutter Tap up there. Cutter Tap. <laughs> yeah, what up? No. Um, but yeah, guys, that's all for this week. Um, it's time to scoop it up. <laughs>